you know what was funny? I actually, <clears throat> I was just telling Dave, so, uh, you know, we, you know, our correspondence in the most recently had been over Instagram and, and we hadn't texted in a minute. And, uh, our last text was when I was actually out in Portland hanging out with you. And the last text was that was me on a flight on the way home saying Chris Novoselic is on my flight. <laughs> Whoa, no way. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. He's very, very tall. He had this sort of like kind Kinda of hard weird to miss him, artist yeah. <laughs> beanie, beanie on. Uh, he definitely, you know, we did the thing where I we kind of made eye contact, and, and he knew that I knew, and yeah, <laughs> and I, I thought about saying something, but I didn't, you know. Uh, Played it cool. Like the, en- enough of your recognition was there. It's like yeah, yeah, I know I'm Nirvana guy. So before <laughs> he went out, Trumpy, forget. Right. I think he was already pretty Trumpy at that point, but I just wasn't as aware of it. it. You know, it turns out that he's been very active in politics for a while, and it's just kind of yeah uh, on the shitty side of things. I so. remember when I was a teenager, I I went to some show, like an all ages show, where he had this band with this 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 woman singer, and he played like Coronado twelves, sung his strongest sixes or something, and he had like a whole rack of yeah. them. Whoa! And like <laughs> I was still I was still like dressed up as Kurt Cobain at that point in my life as a teenager, <laughs> and so like he definitely looked right at me at the show and gave me what I think was probably the appropriate facial expression. Which shamed was me. it? Was it? Shamed was it? Oh, I was gonna say, was it a grimace? It yeah, was. was a, it was like it was a little like took a little less energy to make than a grimace. <laughs> but I could I could tell he was like if I thought you were worth it, I would fully fucking grimace at you, you little. Ah, <laughs> oh, he didn't give you the nod and the he didn't give you the what's up. That's no, I think I, I actually I think I actually had like a mustard cardigan. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> tattered at the elbows. Yeah, and yeah, all. for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. Well, boys, I think it's time to have a podcast here. Uh, this is Gearbuds Podcast, episode ninety nine. Holy shit! Holy shit! Uh, I'm Henry. We've got Dave on the phone. What's going on? And I am so happy to announce that we have one of our dear old friends joining us this week, uh, all the way from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Henry Betts Brown. What's up, man? Welcome. Hey, how you doing? So, so great. Thank you so much for being with us. If, uh, if you don't recognize him by that name, if you're listening to this podcast, I I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that, Mm -hmm. uh, you already know Henry, um, because he has just the most fucking badass reverb page that you've ever seen. And you've probably, you're probably already following a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, you're probably, maybe you've bought some stuff. The the bonfire is vintage. It's just, I have like 40 of your things in my watch list. Yeah, your stuff has like completely consumed my feed. It's crazy. Like every time I see something, I'm like, I click on it and Henry's like, oh, that's my boy Henry. I was like, oh shit, man. I never look yeah. at like the seller name. I'm like always oh, just oh that's cool gear, that's cool gear. Yeah, I'm flattered. It's nuts. Well, not, and not only that, I mean not to reduce him just to some some guitars in there. Henry's no, an course. amazing artist and engineer, and in his own right, also has a really badass studio that I have not been able to visit yet, Sleepers Mountain. And man, uh, I just can't wait to get into all the things with with you and catch up and do all that stuff. Before we do that, we've got some some segments and shit that we do every week. So let's just dive right in here. Symphony of Corrections. Uh, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you so much for listening to this and joining us every week. Uh, it's it's an honor to, to to be in your ear hole. So thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Gearbuds Podcast and Facebook. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you want some free plugins and stuff, go to gearbudspodcast.com slash free stuff. <clears throat> That's all that. 
let's see here. Friends of the show. Well, we've got one on right now. The yeah. Bonfire's Vintage. I already mentioned that. Super excited. Uh, also, um, Fender released a really cool, like, I don't, Dave, what, do you, what was it called? The Oh, the Prestige Collection, I think, this week. Uh, from oh, the Custom, the custom Shop. shop. Was, yeah. yeah, they yeah. Each, each master builder made this own, their own insane creation. And uh, Dave and I had a probably 25-minute conversation where we went back and forth <laughs> about which one we actually want. Yeah, uh, we definitely we picked out a few. I, yeah, I favored the uh, the floral pickguard P-Base, I think, was my favorite. So Yeah, uh, the that slap might be body. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I'm not. I am very much not a strat guy, but that <clears throat> the one that had the light up that lights up was just yeah. like oh, I've never seen anything like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, that was just pretty fucking right. If you haven't seen it, maybe we can we'll post a little link or something like yeah. that. And of course, oh, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Carlos Lopez's double neck Marauder, yes, of course, a uh, twelve string six string, which is just incredible surf green. So uh, yeah, go check that out. Oh, this is this is great. This is sort of kind of a touch and tips, but also just kind of a, another thing for the uh, for the symphony here. So um, in this week's touch and tips with Dave, this is actually one of our friends and, and listeners, uh, my old friend, the drummer of my first band, Steve Holland. Hi, Steve. Hey. Uh, he actually reached out because we were talking about uh, the John Bryan CD and how I, you know, bought a compact disc from Amazon mm-hmm. in 2021 and all that shit. Well, it turns out that Steve. <clears throat> within the last like year or two bought the exact same CD that I did off of Amazon <laughs> and sent me a picture of it and is like, yep, this is bootlegged. But the reason, the main reason I'm sharing this, well, there are two. The first one is that uh, he said, and I quote, I feel a little attacked for being the guy who burned CDs in high school, by the way, oh, that's which great. he was the guy that burned me CDs in high school for sure. No disrespect uh, to anybody who burned people's CDs in high school, man. We all no, had that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Still going still gonna to make fun of you. But also he, d- this is the tip part. And I didn't know this. He said that Amazon also prints books on demand. They have a whole service where uh, authors can list books that Amazon prints and ships out to customers. So, you know, I think that's kind of cool. That's That's a nice little thing if you've got a a book you want to publish, you know. All right, what do we got here? Let's see. Oh, bad fucking ideas. Love it. Um, I mean, I guess might as well start with a good, with with the the GFI. Dave, you just posted a pretty, pretty hilarious Photoshop (laughs) on our Facebook uh, of me because our loyal listeners know I've gone down this weird path where I'm trying to get all the DODFX pedals. Yeah. And, um, Dave has christened me the Dodd father. Well, father, you came up with and, the and name, it, and then I was like, "That has to be photoshopped." And then I think you said, <laughs> "I'm not going to talk to you until I see some some Photoshop." So uh, I did my best uh, Corleone for you. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. So yeah, I, I mean, there there we don't need to get into. I've already acquired a couple more in the meantime. We'll talk more about that another time. It's getting out of control, but I just I just love these things. They're so cheap and they sound really good. Um, Oh, here's kind of a here's kind of a BFI. Well, I you know what? Maybe this is a GFI because uh, Gene Simmons recently uh, has been. I, I mean, look, I think we've talked about Kiss before, yeah. And uh, how Paul Stanley's kind of turned out to be the like the cool one in the band. Well, Gene Simmons came out recently and was like, "Yo, by the way, like get the vaccine, people. We need to do this. We need specifically so we can get the entertainment industry back up." So yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast, but um, listen to Gene Simmons on this one, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone should be should be ready to get their, you know, going to try to get their vaccines at least so we can get this thing moving again, get the machine back in motion. That's right. So uh, let's save that shit. Uh, this is a GFI, I guess, or this is more of just a sort of an update uh, from the really just uh, nerdy talk we had last week about mm-hmm. NFTs. Yeah. Well, uh, Kings of Leon made $1.45 million in the first five days selling their record as an NFT. Wow. Yeah. Kind of wild. Wow, that's and, and so apparently, that really and I think they out. donated. They donated like six hundred thousand of it to 
um, I don't I don't think it was Save Our Stages specifically, but it was to the you know entertainment industry trying to keep small clubs afloat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Henry? I'm glad that you're here for this one. This is this is a BFI, and I understand. Um, you know, you do a lot more business uh, with on, on Reverb than I do, and this is in mm. no way intended to disparage Reverb. I, I happen to be employed by them from time to time as well. However, recently <laughs> Dave and I had a little conversation about fees on Reverb and how yeah. I didn't realize they have kind of maybe not so secretly gone up uh, recently. Um, so I started to do a little math. I, I my, my most recent sale, I sold a D-Box for like just over a thousand bucks and I got $846 back from that. So it turns out when after I, I cut the math together, it was like 7.5% of it went to them in fees. Do you Have you noticed that happening? Yeah, I have. I think it maybe it was like a month or two ago that they went from uh, 3.5 to 5% for their their base selling right. fee. And then you get dinged for the uh, payment processing fee of you know, exactly. 2.5, 2.7, depends on what they... Uh, you know, it's still uh, the best game in town. It is, right. It's tough. It's tough to... Tough. I, again, I'm not... I, I still use it. It was just yeah. kind of like, huh, I didn't I didn't hear anybody really talking about that. I knew that there was, there was the Etsy thing moving up to 5%, but I guess I hadn't really considered the fact that you also have to put the processing fee on it. It's like, dang, 7% is kind mm-hmm. of expensive. But what, Dave, weren't you saying something? Didn't eBay, weren't they moving around well, with their... Well, yeah, eBay pr- moved around a little. Too? Yeah, I've got a buddy who sells much more than I do. Um, and he, he prefers eBay now just because the fees are less. Um you know, I know it's 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 a it's a larger marketplace in general. It's not just you know music related stuff. Uh, but he said it was like it went up to like six point two, and then now they're back down to like five point four or something like that. I can't I can't say exactly. Um, but I know I know them and Reverb have always kind of gone back and forth on the uh, teeter totter as far as like who's cheaper to work with, you know, right. and all that. Yeah, Reverb is Reverb is yeah. like the definitely the market force that pushed down the eBay fees. eBay used to yeah. be like ten percent. Yeah, yeah. For vintage stuff, it was ten percent, which was yeah. And then I, I remember for a minute there, they were eBay was doing a doing a special like lowered fees tranche just for musical instrument stuff because I think just because right. Reverb was kicking their asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I think Reverb is where people go if you want to see you know quality listings. Um, you know, you, you you can see a lot of items that are similar to the thing that you're looking for. Compare prices and all that type of stuff. Where eBay is like kind of like going to like TJ Maxx, you know, you got to dig a little bit, but you might find some good gems. In there too, so. I mean, and, I have to say, yeah. like my my big beef is like I switched entirely. I don't sell on eBay anymore, just okay. because you get a better class of buyer on on Reverb. Yes, from yes, my absolutely. perspective as a seller, like eBay is, I feel like coin toss whether like I'm going to be getting death threats from somebody. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> like it's man. 50-50, It's coming back, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I don't need. Well, and eBay's eBay's fun because I've been on eBay for, I mean, I've had an account for like 20 years or something like that. Like when it first started, um, I think I was still just out of high school or something. But I, I, I remember seeing the same listings I'm still seeing today from like 10 years ago. No joke. Yeah. Just, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, same totally. guy trying to sell the same 70s jazz bass for like $10,000. He's just not, <laughs> you know, so clearly he's not trying to move this thing at all. Um, I know there's relisting fees and stuff like that, so who knows who knows what the game is there. Oh, it's but. that that one that one dude down in Florida with all the sexy ladies. Yeah, uh, well, that guitars. Big Don. I think that was Big Don. Big Don. <laughs> oh yeah, no, sure that brightens up my morning. Yeah, I haven't seen any good postings from Big Don in a while. I don't know if he's still doing the doing the damn thing. Oh boy. Well, you know, I mean, after all this, I'm sure. Yeah, we're still going to keep using it all the time. But yeah, I was just a little, I was just a little shocked. Me too. Uh, when Me I saw too. that and. Um, 
you know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just deal with it, I guess. <laughs> oh, you know what? Before we leave that, really, I this is, I guess, sort of just like a totally random tangent. And another thing that came up earlier, I was trying to, we were, I was thinking about Henry. We were thinking the the first time I ever went over to to do some recording over at your house that you lived in here in Chicago, and I remember using <clears throat> this specific fuzz, and I was like, wait, what was it? And then I remembered that it was the Olson fuzz. Oh yeah. So, so this morning I wanted to tell Dave about this. So this morning I do, a, I do a quick little reverb, reverb search, Olsen, whatever, whatever I search, Olsen fuzz. And there were five of them that, that came up. <laughs> and they're all mine. <laughs> Four of them Dude. were yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, which one did I use? I don't even know. He's got fucking four of them. Must sound really good. <laughs> oh no, they sound terrible. <laughs> That's why you're getting rid of I remember them, right? liking it. No, no, I remember they, liking it in the specific terrible, instance, like a I don't fox, know. though. Like ah, just, yeah. just right, terrible. They sound like just, bad, yeah. man. They sound ratty. Bad. Right, got it. Precisely. Oh, Love yeah. It. So you know, just a good example of of what we're we're talking about here. I feel like that's enough of the symphony for this week, which means that I now <clears throat> get to say my two favorite words that I get to say every single week, and those two words are Dave's Docs. Hey, uh, welcome to Dave's Docs. I don't have my tambourine here today, but uh, Henry, I don't know if you enjoyed me hitting the tambourine last I week. I loved it, actually. So I, I might I might keep that by my side for next yeah, time. Yeah, please I, do. I used it on something. But anyways, um, I want you guys to chime in on this one, too, because you know this is a band everybody knows. Um, I've been on a massive SG kick lately, and I don't know if this is just coincidence or subconscious, but I watched an ACDC documentary uh, this morning, actually. I had time to squeeze it in. Oh, is that the one that you accidentally sent I me I accidentally sent it to you. I had it copied and pasted to my email so I could watch it on my other computer, and then I totally sent it to you instead, and I was like, oh, no, I blew the Dave's docs for this week, but I watched it anyways because um, I want to give a shout-out to Angus Young and Malcolm Young, of course. Uh, a brother band, you know, ACDC, formed in the early 70s. People can say what they want about the vocals, I guess, could get a little much after a while, but I have to say ACDC as a band instrumentally, it's one of my favorite bands to listen to instrumentally. I don't know if you guys have ever, did you guys ever see Maximum Overdrive? I don't think so. What's that? It's a Stephen a King movie. And it's a movie where all the machines come to life, and Emilio, yeah, Emilio yeah. Estevez is in it. It's a major. I have seen that. There's like a, a bad. There's a bad truck in it, right? Yeah, there's a big bad truck with like a big yeah. ghoul face on the front. Well, if you <laughs> if you watch the movie, um, it's kind of great. ACDC does the music through the whole movie, but like ninety percent of it is just like the sweet guitar riffs and like the opening of songs. Dude, no way. It's great, man, and it adds to the kind of the eeriness and kind of the creepiness of this of the the way this movie's done. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. I'm definitely going to go back and watch Maximum Overdrive. Wait, so what again. is the doc? Is it just like a full like rundown of ACDC's history? Yeah, so it's basically the whole history. Um, you know, I didn't. They were one of the highest selling rock bands of all time. Over four decades, 200 million records sold, which is just wow. bananas. Um, I, there was just some really cool stuff in there. They had a third brother. Uh, that was kind of the reason they they got into a yeah, band. Yeah, Stevie, right? Uh, George, and he played in. Oh a, no, Stevie's one of their kids, I think. Maybe one of their kids. He play, he, he like plays Malcolm's parts now. Oh, is okay. Yeah, I think I read about that. Um, they had a third. This third brother, George, was actually in a famous band in Australia called the Easy Beats, and they were in like the '60s. And then he kind of got he took ACDC like under his wing when they were younger. And he was helping him write songs and kind of helping him get started. And they would throw parties and people would come over and kind of meet the other brothers. And that's kind of how they got tied into that whole music scene, really, and decided to, like, you know, pursue music full time and all that. And then, you know, it's the typical 70s story. I mean, they just toured non-fucking-stop. Although I will say their first record, um, High Voltage, it went platinum immediately. So that's pretty wild. 
Like, you know, a lot of bands put out a first record. It does okay. Becomes famous later, you know, maybe. Uh, But this thing went platinum right away. So just a hard, hardcore uh, touring band. You know, not enough good things to say about uh, about Angus Young, man. I really think he's he's definitely one of the most underrated guitar players. Even though he gets a lot of credibility from people who like him, I think there's a lot of people that just write off ACDC as kind of this, like, unoriginal, you know, uh, oldie band nowadays, you know? Oh, I'm not one of those people. I, I think ACDC is badass. That's dude. good to hear. Yeah, I like that. Oh, so yeah. so uh, I definitely recommend it. Um It's called ACDC Dirty Deeds, and it's free on YouTube if you guys want to check it out question does it uh <clears throat> does it, it cover all the bond scott and brian johnson stuff it's not yeah. just like uh yeah bond know, scott they spent time on all that yeah yeah they spent time on all that yeah the bond is mostly the bond scott thing um actually i didn't know he wasn't the original singer they had some guy named like dave evans or something like that and he was in the band for you know a year and then when they they uh i don't know how they got bond scott but he basically came in and was just like, you know, a wrecking ball, just like completely destroying the stage. Came in like a wrecking Came in like a wrecking like Miley Cyrus <laughs> on stage. But I, I will say, man, he uh, that er, those early ACDC, I went and watched some early ACDC videos, man. Those are fun to watch. Like they have some black and white live footage of them playing at like colleges and stuff like that. And they are just tearing, tearing the, the ceiling down, man, for sure. So, Boom. you know, if anything, give them a shot. Um yeah, well, I mean, I don't. I, f- I feel like we don't have to tell most people in the world to give ACDC a shot. Well, I, think- I would definitely give that that documentary a shot. Yeah, give the documentary a shot, but give give them a. You know, I just feel like they get kind of a. I, maybe I was talking to the wrong people, but I feel like they get a bad rap sometimes. You know, like, oh. yeah, you were definitely talking to the wrong people, man. Because yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'm glad I'm cool. in. I'm glad I'm in safe territory then with. Uh, yeah, with you guys. I mean, I, I I too have warm blood in my veins. ACDC <laughs> is fucking great. Absolutely, man. <laughs> You know, actually, I, I was thinking about uh, this earlier day. We were talking, oh, that you sent me this just like crazily worn P bass from oh, some dude in, in Russia, Russia where I like the like, wear through on the, on the neck that I've basically never seen. Mm-hmm. And I just recently in the background, I've been kind of like as I'm doing other stuff, I've been replaying old rig rundowns on, you know, on oh, my cool. TV or whatever. Yeah. And I did the ACDC one a couple days ago. And one of the things that they sort of talk about a little bit, but really struck me is that, you know, like, for instance, he's like, OK, you know, this was, say, five years ago. And I was like, oh, well, he's touring still on this is the back and black guitar. And like, this is whatever. Yeah. But. They- yeah, you they know, like big so he's been playing these guys. same. He's been playing the same SGs for decades, and they're they look like not new, but they don't really have nice condition. Very much, yeah, wear at all. So it's kind of it's, and, and you know, obviously he's just like one of the sweatiest dudes you've ever seen. So <laughs> right. I have to wonder, like, that's a really good point. He must wipe happens. down really hard. He might wipe his guitar down after every set, or, or, or just just has this like non-acidic sweat or something. But I was looking at the guitars, I was like, those should have a lot more. Just even the the paint worn through, you know, where you're picking all the time and stuff. But they don't. They did mention um in there in the documentary about how he kind of got into the SG when he was a little kid. Like that was the first guitar he ever got. He used to get uh, Gibson magazines and flip through them, and then he would end up, he would always end up back at the SG and would just be like staring at it and staring at it. So he saved up money and bought that. And then I, you know, I would assume with that type of mentality, he wasn't this big, like, I'm going to swap it out for a Strat or even a Les Paul or anything like that. So he really stuck with the, uh, stuck with the SG forever. I mean, I, I can't even imagine him playing anything else, really. No, nope, it's, it's his thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, and if, and I mean, frankly, it's probably one of the only guitars that's not like four times his size. It's, it's such <laughs> it's a, a little good, guy. That's a really good point. 
What um so here let's hear it. What's your totally arbitrary uh, based on nothing, no real scale ranking of uh, the documentary? Yeah, as a documentary, man, I'm gonna give it a like a three point eight out of five SGs. I mean, I think that's just the obvious the obvious arbitrary ranking. So there perfect. You go. All right. Well, that's been ACDC talk. Let's have some Henry talk. Uh, not me, Henry. Henry Brown, Henry. Uh, and the way we like to transition to that every week is through a segment we call a couple two-tree randos where I just throw a couple two-tree rando questions at you. So here we go. If you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, who would that be and why? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I mean... I have like a dream that uh, that that someday I'm gonna find a band that's like exactly uh, uh, plays like exactly like 130 BPM soul music or something, and I can basically just like sit back there and play on my phone while I play the drums. So like, whoever <laughs> 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 whoever was the guy in in uh, in uh, 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 Muscle Shoals who played the drums for like Aretha Franklin and shit. That's that's my job. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, if, uh, oh, right, here we go. Uh, have you made any New Gears resolutions? Oof. Um, good Lord. I mean, man, I'm really... <sighs> I got a I got a hot hand and I'm trying to I'm trying to dial back some of my personal purchases. I'm kind mm-hmm. of like a a, a a gear optimist. I can see I can see the good in any like <laughs> like project that I'm definitely going to be involved with for like the next yep. eight years. Like I just bought a uh, I just bought a, a Trident B range. Um, that I'm well, gonna... I saw the other one that you're selling. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I'm selling the Series 70 and I'm going to put in the B range. Um, and that was kind of like an impulse. That was a rather a large impulse buy. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, so I, <clears throat> so it sounds like the resolution is just to, just to, to rein it in. But I guess you know, and that's that's an you know an, an interesting question. As someone that is constantly, you have a studio, you have this massive gear collection. You also sell more than anybody I know. How how do you do you compartmentalize? Like how do you decide? Yeah. Oh well, I've acquired this thing. Is it's going to the store? It's going to the studio? It's going to my personal collection? Like how, where are those lines? Oh, that's easy. I run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Funding okay, the habit. So as it. soon as you as soon as you need some money, you sell something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm a, I am a I'm a terrible business person. <laughs> If I honestly, if I had like any any uh, uh, proclivity uh, for good business sense, I'd uh, you know I'd be a dentist or something. Yeah, well, you also um, you married up, so let's be honest. Yeah, there. no, no, that's uh, it's a it's a hard fact. Tight move. If uh, if you could take a lesson in any instrument from anyone, who would that be? Oh man, um, I mean, I guess I just have to default to the greatest musician slash person who's great at one thing ever uh which is bonham okay obviously the he's the best at doing the thing that he did yeah so yeah i did you know i i i take a couple stripes from him man I feel like That's he'd be like, really. I can't. I cool can't come up with a better too. answer than that yeah. because not only he made such a huge impact, everyone is still trying to sound like that. Yep. You'd be able to. Yeah, sort of nobody's skip a few steps and unlock the code. No, and that's a point. Yeah, you you would you would be ahead of everybody else if you could just get this one lesson. Well, maybe not because I I don't think even if even if you got the lesson, not you, just the royal you, like anybody who got the lesson, you're still not going to be. Bombed. Well, listen, this is my fantasy, man. You asked the question. 
That's fair. You're <laughs> he right. could teach I don't, me I how to just hit to. a snare drum and have it, huh, huh, have it sound better than anybody else hitting a snare drum. Right. Yep. I don't know what that trick is, but I'd like to learn it. Well, I know at least half the trick is a rim shot, but beyond that, I don't know. Uh, here we go. Last question. Well, actually, second to last question, and this comes from Colin Sipas, previous guest of two weeks ago, I guess. Go listen to that after this. Great episode. But basically, he wants to know, and 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 you can take this any direction you want. But how do you finish a song? Like how how do you decide a song's done? Oh man. Uh, well, I have two answers, right? So, um, I think Picasso famously said, uh, you know, don't fall in love with it. Don't be, which I took to mean, you know, don't be too precious, right? Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't make it better until it sucks. So you have to, you have to know when to stop. Uh, but the, so, so then my second answer would be, uh, every song has got a couple of, couple, or every, every, every song has the opportunity for a couple of components. You, you automatically, it's baked in, you get to have a beginning of a song. So, it, and if you get to have a beginning of a song, you really ought to have a beginning of a song. I hate when I hear a song that's like otherwise a well-crafted song that they didn't bother to have a beginning at all. It just like, just, it it just starts. You get Mm -hmm. to have like a middle where you're like, all right, I know that this is the middle of the song because I'm getting bored. Something gets to happen, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And if it's a good song, something happens. Um, And then you get to have an end. Every song gets to have an end. So if if you, if you phone it in with like a fade out or something stupid, um, or you just, or you just don't take the time to give your song an end, then that just annoys the ever loving shit out of me. Yeah, so I think good. like that, that's, that's the, the, that's the most important thing is to actually like take advantage of those moments, right? Have an end, huh. have, there should be like one moment where like you appreciate the drums or like nothing else is playing or a moment where you're, you know, you a- appreciate that. Yes, this is like, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe you maybe you could phrase it better than I, but it seems like taking advantage of the structures is is crucial. Oh, that's a that's a beautiful perspective, and I don't think I've. It's it, like it, a bowl of cereal, man. You want it, you know, you want it crunchy at the beginning, a yeah. little mushy in the middle, and then you like to slurp the cereal milk at the end. Yeah, you do. Nice and sweet. Oh yeah. And but it, I, you know. For slightly in a slightly more serious way, I I haven't really ever thought about it. we. It's like yeah, you know, we have to finish something. Well, I, I the way that I'm listening to you is like, well, you get to finish something, and that's 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 a a really positive, beautiful wow. way to look yeah. at it. And uh, I think I'm gonna try to take that to heart. We'll I see if I can let that seep through into my negative urban <laughs> soul. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's bring it back a little. Oh no, wait, I'm sorry. I tried to jump. I tried to jump a little bit too far ahead. Before we do, I need to ask you, <clears throat> Henry Brown. What question would you like us to ask our next guest? Don't get to know who they are, just someone else in the music world. Oh. All right, I'm going to take my time with this. Hmm. Um, uh, Tape doesn't cause nothing, so. Yeah. I want to know, like, if if I get to be Tavis Smiley or something, but not me too, I want to, I want to, I want (laughs) to, The question I'd ask at the top of my show to, to every guest is like, what is the stupidest thing you ever did that you can tell me about? Like, what's the worst mistake that you made in your chosen field that, 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 you, can, that you can disclose to me right now? That would be a hell of a way to start the show. I love it. 
<laughs> really, really get to know something right away. Yeah, There's no do. pussyfooting around that one. Yeah, like, yeah, just oh, get, give me your worst fuck up. I love it. I love it. We man. will, we'll do it. You're, you're gonna have to listen next week to find out. And I might just steal that question and start using it all the time. <laughs> Here we go, man. Uh, let's let's take it back. Where did you? Where were you born? Where did you? Where did you come from originally? Uh, I was born in sunny Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm a child of '81. And my family mm-hmm. moved to Oregon in like 86, 87, we moved to Portland. So do you have, do, do you remember living out East? Uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but I was, I was, uh, I think I was, you know, five or six when we moved back. So not too yeah. terribly much. Well, I, you know, I have the privilege of having been able to meet and get to know your, your family a little bit. So I know they're wonderful, beautiful people, but did, was there, what kind of, mu- what kind of music did they have around the house uh, when you were growing up? What kind of stuff were they, were they into? Oh man, they had just the worst taste. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 90% opera, which I loathe to this day. Uh, and sure. then, um, uh, 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 Peter and the Wolf. Uh, I don't even know what that is, honestly. What? Uh, Prokofiev, who's like still my favorite composer of all time. Um, really? Okay. And Thriller on vinyl. Well, and then, it, sure. And then uh, and Off the Wall on vinyl. Those were, and, I, and I don't know why they had those records because I don't Opera think that MJ. they okay. listened to them. <laughs> <laughs> they were a gift. Someone they, accidentally I think gave they them really checked out when like Bob Dylan went electric. They were like, all right, wow. well. You know, that's a bit much. We had our time. Yeah, they were in the crowd yelling <laughs> Judas at him. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, when did you? When did you get? How did you manage to to take the leap from uh, impenetrable opera to uh, cool guitar music? What? When did you start playing? Oh man, Nirvana, just like everybody else. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I was like, uh, that is, uh, that's me. I finally understand who I am, thirteen-year-old me. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> did you did you get a, a Jaguar? Or I guess they probably weren't making the Jag Sting yet at that point. <laughs> no, I the the first real guitar that I ever had was a Washburn Hawk. What's hmm. what's that? I don't, I don't even, know I what that is. That. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't know what it was either at the time, but it was red, uh, which was good. Um, it's I now know. Uh, since I'll like do a nostalgia buy every once in a while and get one of these guitars yeah. and then be like, Henry, you promised yourself. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> no more. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, part of the Wing series, I now know, which were like okay. these sort of like Les Paul Junior Deluxe double cut kind of oddballs, but with like super strat features. Oh, okay. So they're kind of cool looking. They all have like a totally flat top uh, and they're usually bound. Kind of, You know what they look like are those Gibson and Epiphone Spirit guitars that they made in Nashville in the 80s. Yeah. They look kind of oh, yeah. like those, except for they've, they've, they've all got like, you know, high gain humbuckers and some, some fancified tremolo system. Started strong. Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean. Well, I couldn't play the we... damn thing. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody could with a weird, tra- you know, locking Floyd and shit when you're 13. Did you, were you the kind of person like, did you immediately start playing with other people? How did you, were you like, I've got to get good at this thing first? Did you, where were you on all that? Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I played, I played, let's see, I played drums in like the middle school jazz band. Cool. Uh, having borrowed a neighbor's drum set and didn't know how to read music, but I don't think that that was essential. 
at that at that point. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it was much of a middle school jazz band. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I immediately started playing with the neighborhood dirtbags, and I was the first one with the guitar. <laughs> so like, I got to say, I got to say like, hey you, you have to play bass, and hey you, right. you have to band play leader. drums. Yeah, I already got my guitar, so that much is settled. <laughs> Were you? Uh, did, I mean, do, do you remember? Was it? Was it sort of love at first gear acquisition? I mean, obviously, this is has become this major thing. Did, did, because I, I remember for myself, I mean, I, my collection is nothing compared to yours, but I still have a lot of shit. And I remember that first musician's friend catalog that I ever got. I was just like, oh shit, I'm going to read this cover to cover and know mm-hmm. everything about this stuff. Did you, was that, was, did you have that same inclination right away? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, you have a problematic amount of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Henry, this is actually an intervention for you right now. Uh, yeah. We I mean, Henry I have, a, I have today. a we fairly, have to talk to you about I have it. A, a fairly good excuse this being my profession and owning a studio <laughs> i'm not sh- <laughs> i'm not sure you can claim the same you haven't seen my studio yet i it's a it's a work a in progress pretty full blown studio hank so yeah. yeah control did you ever you know what did you ever uh, visit phantom manor uh, back in the day i did not Oh, it's a stu- it was a studio. I, I moved into that space. So I do I do have some, you know, it was kind of like a cart before the horse thing. It was like, well, I've got enough stuff to get a studio, so I guess I should get a studio. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So. <laughs> no, no. Then, I, but, then, I had... but then it's like, well, actually, I didn't have enough stuff to have a studio. So now I'm also going to get all this other stuff, exactly. too. Like snakes and shit. You need to have shit. at least like four or five carts before you even think about getting a horse. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I it's not like I don't have your Trident desk fucking bookmarked right now, so we'll see <laughs> yeah. what happens. He sent it to me last week or whatever earlier this week, so yep. I wouldn't be surprised. What was that. your what was your first sort of obsession? What like when you when you kind of got the collecting bug, what was it? Was it pedals? Was it guitars? Was it a special certain kind of thing? Or, or was it everything? Oh man, it was 100% everything. I was like I used to I used to like, you know, like take the bus downtown to go look mm-hmm. at look at guitars and guitar shops and pawn shops and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So what how did you uh, how did you get to Chicago? When did that all happen? Uh let's see. I moved to Chicago I don't god, I don't remember early in the aughts. I uh, you you and I were were buddies in the aughts in Chicago. So let's say that That's I right. Spent spent my aughts in in Chicago. I moved out there like you do uh for a woman. Mm. Um, and then, and you know, I had, and I had big dreams, big dreams for the mm-hmm. big city, but I don't know. I executed some of those dreams. I'd say, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the woman's so long let's gone talk, naturally. Well, you, mm. I think you, you came out ahead in that regard I, I, <clears throat> either way. I'll, I'll tell you, you said that we keep in touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously I've already mentioned getting to go over to your house and you had this fucking trident in the basement and stuff. And it's like, so, I mean, you know, you had this band slings and arrows. That's how we got to know each other. I was in a band, you were in a band, our bands played together. We liked each other's bands, all that kind of stuff. What, like, were you back then, were you also recording a lot of other people? Were you trying to make this like beyond your own sort of studio and and rock and roll recording dreams happen? Were you also still trying to record other bands at that time? I can't say that I was in any deliberate way, uh, which is, consistent with my life trajectory right um no no i i think i was just winging it well i mean, I mean that it sounds that, great to me that old trident 65 that we had down there was 
we used that to record Slings and Arrows. And that was a, yeah. and I think Handsome John O'Brien and I ended up flipping that, sending it to, sending it to somebody in Japan. That was that, and that was a big deal for us. Wow. That was no like, kidding. that was like a, yeah, that was a crucial moment, uh, uh, in the history of, of, uh, of, uh, dirtbag flipping. <laughs> <laughs> what make what makes, what makes the flip specifically dirtbag? I mean, I have, I think I feel like I have to take credit for some of the dirtbaggery. That was just, you know, that was a moment in time. It was 2008. We were young. We were dirtbags. Getting by. Yeah, we were getting by. So, all right, <clears throat> let's get into some of these some of these uh, dirtbag acquisition flip deals. Um, is there one, is there something, uh, maybe there are many things, but the first thing that comes to mind that you're like, I wish I never sold that. Oh, mm. God. Um, all right, I, well, I'll give you one with a happy ending. Um, okay. Uh, I got this, uh, I've been importing guitars from Japan recently. Um, mm. Like cool old Fujijin, Matsumoku, Tokai stuff, sure. um, a lot of seventies and eighties lawsuits. Yeah, stuff. you've got a huge, huge collection on the page, um, and s- some of that stuff is just absurdly well made. Just, I mean, it's a little bit hit and miss, and it's mm-hmm. a little bit yep. difficult to get like a you know a uh, an encyclopedic knowledge of all of the different uh, you know models and bits and pieces and, that's the, and that's all the that. Thing. I started um, going down that path. And I was just like, "Nope, I don't. Oh I don't God, have brain space for this." It's, you want to take some breadcrumbs with you. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got this amazing uh, Tokai Strat that uh, I got from Japan in a lot of other stuff, and I kind of like checked it out cursorily. Uh, it's like, all right, blah, blah 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 blah. Sold it. Sold it to some yachts. And and uh, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, we think you're yeah. yachts. And uh, so he's like, oh, you know, set it up with tens or something and, and so and so. So I, so I, I, uh, went, I set the guitar up and I, I put it through its paces before I sent it out to the dude. And it was amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> it was hands down the best Strat I've ever played in my life. Oh, no. By wow. a, That's the worst. By an order of magnitude. Oh, like, and, the, and, and the best I've ever played the guitar personally. You know, you pick up you pick up yep, a guitar now, and then you're like, you "Holy better, shit! Yeah. I had no idea I was so good at guitar." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking amazing. It had the magic. Uh, but uh, anyway, so but I'm but I'm an. No, honest... hold on. I gotta I gotta press pause on that for a second because Dave and I were having this conversation the other day about how I basically hate all strats, but every once in a while <laughs> you yeah. pick one up and it's just like, "Holy shit! This is what guitars are supposed to be." Yes, just like at one in like one in every like. 10,000 strats is just the best guitar I've ever played. You get a good one and you hang on to it. Oh my, well, you, in theory, right? <laughs> yep. No, this one was like my Winnie Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so you sold it, but what, I, you, well, you teased I, me see, with the I had ending. sold it already before I had realized that right. I was sitting on gold. Um, and I'm an honest man. So I sent it to the dude and I was like, hey, dude. Uh, I just want you to know that this is the best strat in the world. <laughs> and if, I don't know, no big deal. If you decide down the road that you want to sell it back to me, I'll be open to that proposition. And then like a month later, and I was still a little bit sore about it. A month later, he gets back in touch and he's like, I'm getting an engagement ring from my girl. I'm getting oh, married. Wow. I need the dough. I'm going to send you back the strat. 
and I was over the moon. And I and so I and so I carved into the back of it when I got it back. I carved into the back of it. Henry Brown, do not sell. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So it, it so Holy shit. Yeah. So so it is it is it has no resale value now. Oh, it's fantastic. That's what's the I didn't even ask what's the finish what does it look like yeah it's like a like an olive sunburst okay okay yeah it's very maple okay not not quite Antigua just just sort of like a um I don't know if you guys have kids but if you ever see a kid uh if you let a kid do watercolors for more than like 30 seconds they (laughs) they eventually they eventually they eventually uh, 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 settle on um, uh, a sort of like olive drab, uh, sort of diarrhea mush kind okay. of color. Sure, all the colors mixed together. All yeah. the colors mixed together. Like that was this. That was the sunburst. They they like put all of the all of the uh, 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 paint left over from the various sunburst finishes <laughs> oh in, a, in a can at the end of the day, and that's what they did. it looks pretty disgusting actually. I'm dying to see this thing, man. It sounds I know. It does, and you know, I <clears throat> maybe I'm not sure if you're as uh, I don't know. Uh, morbid as I am, but one of my things in in my uh, expansive gear document that I have is that I, I have willed certain things to certain people in this like living will. Uh, who gets that guitar? Because obviously you can't ever sell That's it. A good question. I mean, I Jesus, I might have to do like a Viking burial with that one. <laughs> yep, there it is. Yep. That's my SG. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I no, I'm. Definitely. Like I might have to, you might have to bury me with like my horse and a couple of my slaves and that guitar. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got to make it through the underworld somehow. Right. You got to get lonely down Shred there. your way down. Oh my down God. Yeah. The, Can you uh, imagine river. showing up in the underworld and being like, oh man, I'm really looking forward to the, all the virgins and the mead. And they're mm. like, yeah, it's, it's great down here. Did you bring your guitar? And you're like, Oh fuck! Yeah, the walls are <laughs> like. Just what lying do you mean? <laughs> there are no guitars. Down. You have to bring your own stuff. You have, to, you have to bring your own guitar. It's like a gig. They have a back are, line. Yeah. But, no, yeah. no, there are there are no guitars, but there are as many basses as you could yeah, ever. There are no oh, house yeah, guitars so here. It's all basses. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, so that's, that's like that. I mean, I feel like that that is a pretty pretty nice uh, way to end the story. Do you have? I mean, you must have some horror stories, right? Like, is there, has you, have you ever, anything that comes to mind that's just like, this was the wildest shit that I can't believe I had to deal with this guy's whatever fucking guitar or whatever? You know, you, you, you meet a good representative sample of humanity in my line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, some of them are dicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people are crazy. <laughs> Some people are crazy. Uh, there was a there was a dude, a producer in New York, who I sold a pair of of uh, microphones to, and he uh, he had he had a beef about it. Um, what was the problem? One of the, I well, let me explain. He was a problem. There's not mm. nothing is ever wrong with the gear. There's right. only things wrong with people. The perception of what he was, yeah. he thought he was getting. It, I do not know. I wouldn't dare to try to plumb the depths of this guy's psyche. God, I, right. I have no idea. I don't know what his end goal was. I don't. I have no. I never do. There's only one reason anybody ever returns anything. It's for the money, dummy. Mm. Of course. <laughs> like it's not because there's something wrong with it. It's not because they're unhappy with it. It's because they need the fucking money. Yep. 
And there's only, I, I remember when I was a waiter, there used to be a couple that came into the restaurant where I was a waiter and they would come in once a month, order, fight, leave before their food arrived and leave a hundred dollar tip. And presumably go home and <laughs> okay. and like have some fucking weird sex, right? That's that the was their yeah. thing. Exactly. That's the that kink. was the yeah. service that the restaurant provided was for them to come in there, bitch, fight, tip, leave, and then the rest is between them and their god. And so, you know, I don't know what service I'm necessarily providing to some people, but I'm happy to provide mm. it. Often yeah. it has nothing to do with musical instruments. And in those cases, <laughs> <laughs> you, you really meet some weird dudes. So this dude had a problem with his microphones. I don't recall what the what the perceived issue was, um, but he, uh, he so he sued me. Holy um, shit! Whoa. Yeah. So his, were these like some yeah, German vintage microphones or something? No, 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 no. They were they were like ticky tacky Cascade microphones. Oh, they were oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They were just the mics that I had that I was getting rid of. Um, yeah. Which is not to say that Cascade microphones are bad. In fact, no. I've got a pair of the uh, Michael Jolly edition uh, Gomez ribbon microphones that are as good, if not better, than any ribbon microphone I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, oh, those I will I will never sell. I sold I a might, pair uh, of uh, Cole's. I might 40. edit this part out of the shows just so I could buy them myself and not mm -hmm. hear every, everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. First. Yeah, no, I sold I sold a pair of uh, 4038 Coles this week. Mm -hmm. I should say I traded them uh, with a buddy of mine for another mic. And uh, he's like, hey, what are those? And I'm like, nothing. Shut up. Get the fuck out of my studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's moving. hilarious, too, because 4038s are literally the top of my want list right now. That is, And the, the prices have gone ridiculous on them, like everything else, frankly. Check out the um, the 4040s. That's the, those are the newer versions, right? They, they kind of almost look like small diaphragm or like large diaphragm mics. Yeah, of. they look like a, you know, like a... A Chinese MXL, you know, large diaphragm condenser right. or something. Yeah. The, um, but they are basically the 4038 with an extended top end. Oh. So okay. if you really want it to sound like a 4038, you can you can just do just a low pass. Um, but otherwise, right. they're outstanding microphones, and you and peep, they're a little more under the radar, so you can get them. I they're, I'm super glad incredible. you said that because in my research, I'm like, man, I can't afford <clears throat> a pair of 4038s, 4038s willy-nilly right now. What else does Kohl's make? And then I saw the 4040s, but I've never seen anybody I, even I picked talk up about a pair them. of 4040s for like 1200 bucks or something, which I know is a stupid wow. price. Um, a, that is a stupid price, yeah. But they're, I mean, they're amazing. They're better than a 4038. I'm, I'm, I just said it. There. You just said it. Just Holy said shit. It. Like the ribbon mics, the BBC mics, you just said 4040s beat them. All yeah, right. that's why they made a 4040. Like, do it. what's too better than 4038? That's right. <laughs> it's Got to keep it even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right. We've obviously, we've been kind of jumping around a lot, but I want to, I want to keep your story moving. So obviously at a certain point, uh, you have exited from Chicago and moved back west uh, to Portland. How, like... How did that all happen, and and what drove that uh, that move out west? Oh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier that I've uh, have uh, uh, utterly uh, random trajectory of my life. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on that one. Um, yeah. It seemed like a good it idea at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I you know what I think I wanted to be a grown up man, like a like a real full-fledged pants-wearing person. Business and so I, I was like, yeah, nah, well, I don't know about that necessarily, but at least like a, you know, a legitimate human being. 
Oh, okay. Like less, less like a dirtbag who lived in a church in Humboldt Park. And, <laughs> that was a you fucking know, badass and, church, though. <laughs> oh God, that was a great spot. Um, also, the city came in and like put a plate in the road, so every time a car, like a car drove by, it went oh, thunk. Oh and, no! And that destroyed the basement studio. Yeah. Oh, um, Damn, I don't remember that. No, I. I, uh, I was, so, I'm, but I want to know though. Like you said, you talked about this like becoming a grown up. I'm just wondering when that's going to happen. All right, like, I, do I, you have any plans on following through on that? I mean, it's, you know, tomorrow is always a day away, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> is I, that what you tell yourself? <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you right now that I'm like I'm making excellent progress on eventually arriving at responsible adulthood. And my magnum opus, uh, the never-ending uh, heavy bread record, is exactly on on schedule. It will be published and posthumously. Exactly <laughs> after the after the Viking funeral, we will all get to listen to it. Uh, no, I, you it'll know, be it'll be fine. It'll be. Eh. I'm ha- I I'm happy clinging to youth. I've got a death grip on it right now, so. I'm gonna stick with what works. Well, speaking of, tell us a little bit about Sleepers Mountain, this uh, the studio of yours. How did that all come together? Oh, so Sleepers Mountain used to be Type Foundry Studios, um, which was a really great studio in Portland. They did tons of bands. Um, uh, they did some like, Peter Buck stuff. They did they did uh, M Ward and She and Him and stuff like that. Cool. Um, but. Those was, but more so like they did amazing Portland acts. Like they were kind of, for for a long time, they were uh, the spot that wasn't jackpot. Okay. Um, sure. Jackpot, of course, you know, is uh, Larry La- Crane. Larry Crane's Larry Crane's baby. Um, anybody? Any? I th- I would imagine at least fifty percent people listening to this also subscribe to Tape Op. I would I would just have to think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I have three Tape Op subscriptions because every time I move, I get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just they're just stacking up no i finally uh, updated so, my address and now i just get three which is good because i get one for home one for the studio and one for the car huh. obviously i mean everyone needs to read in the car uh do you have do you have, are you work <laughs> is it are you working with partners over at sleepers mountain no i'm not it's it's just me now um i i the, actually the reason that i got the studio is because i saw that they had that series 70 trident um which is just a killer desk. I saw that they had that they were selling that, so I came up and I went and had a look at the desk, and they said, "By the way, we're all moving out." So they had partners in there, and they were they were uh, 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 breaking up the fellowship, and uh, and I said, "Oh, that's that's very that's bad news. I'm so so sorry for you. <laughs> I feel terrible. And is the space going to be available?" And they said, "Why, yes, it will." And I said, "Great." <laughs> so they so they sold me like a bunch of you know. They sold me the glass and the windows and the paint on the wall and the built right. carpets and all this stuff. So I paid a little bit extra money for it. But I got in there and it's just a fantastic space. Oh, man. When was that? When did you actually move in there? Uh, I think that was on like plague day one. So good, yeah, good time to move into a new studio. Good time yeah, to, I, I to did, sign I a I did the lease. exact same thing in February. Yep. So, oh, wow. Uh, have you actually been able to get any like projects in there in any sort of way? Or has it just been, all right, I'm going to make some of my own recordings now yeah i have i've been um i've been letting it out to individual producers and engineers who can kind of run their own show um and do stuff background so i'm not involved a lot in engineering 
producing or the day-to-day. Um, uh, and uh, so there's been, over the last year, there's been a ton of mix work because I think that a lot of labels have, have you know, catalog stuff that they can spend some money on. Yep. Try to get a release, try to do an online single, try to do whatever because mm-hmm. nobody's doing anything otherwise. Um, so so a, a lot of mix work booked and then some uh, some full band recording going on in there as well. That's great. Well, at least it's it's not, you know, <clears throat> just a, a fully dormant uh, cash suck. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, well, no, I mean, fucking... I, you know, it's a nice it's a nice dry place to keep all my toys. Plus, I have a bathroom on the other side of town. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and speaking of that's that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask about that. I mean, so it, I know previously in, in seeing your previous sort of living situations, you had a lot of gear at home too. <laughs> is everything is everything at the studio now? Like, is, the, is, do you operate at, fully out of there? Everything's at the studio, and I'm happy to report that I'm still married. And, <laughs> and those and those two things uh, are linked. Yes, they, they are, are right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so then, when, when someone rents out, you know, whether it's attended by you or not, are are they able to use all of your shit? Like, how do you manage that? Yeah. No, they, it's a big studio, um, and so I will generally just clear out if I'm doing bonfires business in there, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of the only stuff I sell is stuff that I love anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm a gentleman junker, if you will. So. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not buying um, uh, Santana PRSs to 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 resell because uh, <laughs> well, this interview is over. I can st- I can start a freaking lemonade stand or whatever, uh, and find another way of making money that's that's uh, that has more dignity. Um, <laughs> so all so Shots all the fired. stuff in th- all the stuff that's in the studio, either for sale or in my personal collection, is stuff that I think is awesome. So. So they get to play with the toys. I think that's a big attraction of the studio is. I think uh, so too. You know, you don't, a lot of other places, you don't get to come in and just like, oh shit, yeah, play with a million dollars worth of your crap. I mean, how do you, do you like, <clears throat> how, how much of a, how deep, I know you obviously have to keep records and stuff, but could you tell me right now, like how many guitars you have? Oh my God, I have no idea. That's so not wow. even, not even like a ballpark. Uh, I mean. Like over a hundred, are we talking? Yeah, I probably have a hundred. More. I would think so because I'm. Maybe I mean, two? I'm not a professional I... guitar seller, and I've got like twenty something, you know. So it's yeah, like, that's a good point. I would think that you've got a lot more. I than think I that do. there are probably. I think I probably have like a little harem of twenty, kind of like you, that are not for sale, that are just right, just sure. in the private collection. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, you know, hundred, two hundred guitars at any given time, something like that. Um, it seems reasonable. Do you have stuff that you've been sitting on for many years at this point? Like how how fast do you tend to move through your gear? Um, I tend to favor a strategy of holding till I can get the right price for the right thing, especially if it's very you know esoteric. Um, But that's a that's a luxury that comes with having you know a a stable business and a large inventory. Yeah, you've got volume. You can do that. Well, right. So I'm I'm doing some business every day. Uh rather than and I you know, and I like I like to get weird shit and cool shit and rare shit and compete on those yeah. qualities of the gear rather than competing on price. Mm. Because there's you know, there's a, a there's a guitar center for that. 
Have you sure, fa- well, like uh, maybe for for now? <laughs> Henry and I have talked about this for the past like few episodes, and I'm just curious your thoughts because you obviously buy and sell a lot of shit. And uh, you were talking about sitting on it and, and letting it increase in value. Have you found even over the last year that shit's gotten a lot more expensive in most cases? Oh my god, absolutely. I think I think people are just spending more time online. Everybody who's got uh, an online presence has really been been doing a lot more business, and certainly my business is up quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think I've seen, you know, I've seen these strange phenomena recently where, you know, there are like, uh, little, little, little mini market panics, uh, even just like within reverb and eBay and Mm -hmm. other online sellers were like, oh, okay. A, uh, a Klon Centaur is now worth $10,000 apparently, you know, that, that happened over the course of like six or seven days. It went, you know, it used to be 2000. Now it's 10,000. Uh, wow. and then, you know, then the, the professional overdrive or the KTR or whatever, you know, used to mm-hmm. be 300. Now it's a thousand. Now it's 800. That's fucking crazy. Those, That's cool. Cause the, I just wanted to make sure we're not just getting old. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's absolutely. It's absolutely. There are these weird little perturbations in the market where somebody will, will sell something for for a, a semi crazy price or a bit more mm-hmm. than it's worth and and everybody'll get on there and it'll it'll tear off uh or like those you know those uh teenage engineering uh all the OP1s that they then they were like started selling for like $400 more than they used to. Yeah, within minutes, right? Yeah. Of them discontinuing it. Or yep. the or those silver burst Les Pauls. Right. Apparently are worth as much as as six Ford Ficuses. Ficus. Ficuses. <laughs> Fica, yeah, that that oh, happened yeah. too. So I, you know, I think, but I think those are sort of transitory, weird sort of, uh, you know, behaviors that are just specific to the market, and it could have been anything. But mm-hmm. it, as a general rule, I think the 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 vintage market has has gone up, you know, by you know easily twenty percent, maybe a bit more, just over the last year during the pandemic. Do you find it hard then, as a buyer? to like find good deals on stuff that makes it worth flipping? Or do you, are you just like, I'm going to buy this thing because I think it's cool. I'm going to play it for a while and then I'm going to flip it or sell it or whatever. No, I'm crazy. I'll buy anything. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're on. I, I just, that's, that's, then I'll just have to sell it for more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fair way to look at it. Yeah, that's, that's my business model right there. Well, I want to know. I mean, I was, at first I was going to ask like, you know, uh, if, 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 how do you not get jaded? And I don't think that that, that probably isn't a problem, but I, I want to know, <clears throat> you know, what's, what still turns you on? Like what, 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 is, other than just like something that you haven't seen before, are there mm. still things that you're just like, Oh, this is, this is my wheelhouse. I mean, is it, I mean, you mentioned Coronados. I know you've had a number of those throughout the years. Like, is there something like that? That's still just kind of, Oh, I, that gets me excited every time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, definitely Coronados. Although I feel like those have taken a big jump in the last couple months too. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I still have, I still have old Cyril Peter Nig the third, on the wall, okay. yeah, that's that's still my that's still that's permanent collection there. That's my number yeah. one, um, and I think that one's a that one's a '66. It's still got the checkerboard binding. Ooh. Shout out to our, our friend Cyril. Hey, um, Coronado's custom K200s. Oof, I love those guitars. Are you familiar? I, like custom with a K. Custom with a K. They made, it, they made a good guitar for like a hot minute in '68, '69. No they look like like a cross between like a 
a, a thin line telly and like a rock jet and like a Rickenbacker 330. They're very odd oh. guitars. Um, so semi-hollow? Semi-hollow with uh, Dynasonics in them. And oh, they made shit. one sort of plain Jane model and then another model with the Bigsby, which obviously. With the Bigsby. Obviously. Those are great. Yeah. Vintage Epiphones still drive me nuts. Yeah. I, I just got a a uh, an Alkaola standard, um, which the, the Kaolas are basically uh, like a, a Riviera or a 335, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but with, with uh, uh, no F-holes. And they're, oh, and, Luc- and, Lucille style. Yeah, and fully hollow though, like a like a three thirty. Like a three thirty. Oh, wow. Holy shit! And they're freaking. But they don't un- feed back, right? Well, they do, but they feed back just right. Oh, is that man. the seventies Japanese me... made, or was that when they were still? No, no, no. They Gibson. were. These are Kalamazoo Gibson okay. made guitars. Um, yeah, so they. Man, I don't need new obsessions, Henry. Oh, yeah, dude. I know. No, this no, no, is, no, 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 no. Really you like... need this obsession. You need this obsession. <laughs> <laughs> they made well, one with, with mini no humbuckers and one with P90s, and they're oh, both yeah. absolutely amazing. And you know, it's the quality of a of an early '60s or a mid '60s 335 or a Riviera oh, or a, or a Casino, um, but a hell of a lot cheaper, and I think a hell of a lot better actually, because they have a lot of like cool weird ass little features for you know for an artist model uh so those definitely vintage epiphones also mm-hmm. like barney kessel's trini lopez yeah. i feel like yeah. the the 335 market has gone so bananas that yeah. now you can get like a barney for less than than like the 335 equivalent or you can get a trini for less than the 335 which is yep, insane because they used to be much more expensive even on the vintage market Hmm. So I've been snapping those up whenever I can find them. Those are great guitars. Beautiful guitars. I uh, I might have even done a little Chicago Music Exchange video oh, on the, the right. Trinis. Mm, mm. Um, oh, you know what? I I why what does the Bonfires Vintage mean? I meant to ask that a while ago. What does the name <laughs> mean? Uh, it was. Uh, let me tell you. It was. Let's see. In Slings and Arrows, we had a a song called Bonfire. And yeah. for some reason, that word was in my head, uh, and I got like a Yahoo email address that was like the bonfires at <laughs> yahoo.com. And I had used that for, for, to like register for some website or something. And so, and so I had people emailing me at that, at that email address um, already. And so obviously, I, th- I thought that's a great reason to have my shop be named this. Just commit to that forever. Yeah, right yeah. I, I, I mean, all, all names are goofy inherently anyway, so who cares? But I was just like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I thought I would just, I would just put that in ink. Uh, no, there's, 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 no, there's no good reason. There, but there is a reason, I guess. No, all right, Sleeper's Mountain, what the hell, what does that mean? That just sounds badass, dude. It, mm, well, yeah. of course it does. Agreed. Yeah, I would... <laughs> Uh, I was kind of keeping that in my back pocket for like a like a like a doomy ass slowcore, yeah, uh, band that's that you know is obviously one hundred percent in my head, um, <laughs> but, but, but I thought I'd borrow my band name uh, for the studio because it sounded really badass. Yeah, it's like it's like a next evolution of the Black Sabbath situation. There's going to be a song called this. There's going to be a band called this. There's a studio called this. It's like a, a whole, a whole uh, all-in-one resort situation. <laughs> um, speaking of, I mean, so like, are 
<clears throat> are you working on any sort of, I mean, obviously you've mentioned the <clears throat> lifelong heavy bread project. Are you, are you working on anything sort of more, uh, uh, imminent these days? Any, any new music coming out of you or is it, is it more so just the, uh, recording other people? I have to say that my time is just about spoken for between the studio and the bonfires business. Um, although I, I, beautiful I, child of yours as well. There is, there is that. Um, I, you know, I still wake up every morning and I'm like, today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> it all falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time I brush my teeth and like read my email, I'm like, fuck, fuck. I have so much shit to do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wait, maybe I have turned into a real adult. I think it's, uh, that's what I'm hearing right now. Pretty, wow. pretty well adjusted to me. So yeah, how's your no, lower back definitely, doing? Uh, I want to hop back in that time machine and tell 2002 Henry to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're all happier that you're here. Uh, <laughs> speaking of here, I just want to throw a couple, a couple quick just verses. Uh, just pick one of these. Don't think about it too much. All right, all right. Gibson or Fender. Oh, oh and I'll and I'll include Epiphone and Gibson based on our previous conversation. All right, the all right. I'm going Gibson. Mm. <laughs> oh, I oh but I didn't. But I didn't. But I didn't like it, Henry. I like know it. you didn't. And, and 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 I and I heard the twinge of Coronado in your voice as you were saying. Mm. That. And I also know you to be a telly player too. So yeah. All right. Uh, tape or hard drive? Oh man, hard drive. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, round or flat wound? On a bass, always flat. On a guitar, oh, always oh, round. Oh, always flat. Really? Always, man. Always, ever do always. Rounds on I get on the train. Oh my I god, have, my man. man. Yeah, Sh- I, I don't. Yeah, I might. Hank I'm likes the, the grind. Rice. He likes the grindy, tinginess. I do of like the, uh, the grind, but you know what, Dave? Do, what are aren't those like half flats or you something? You can get half ones. On yeah, on the on that on that Memphis that I got from you. Uh, no, those are rounds. I I, I those kept are rounds, my halves. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're like if you're not playing bass. You know, for a couple hours every day, and you have and you have delicate ladylike fingers like me, flats. Mm. Plus, I'm also I'm also a filthy heavy sweater, so I don't want like flaming hot Cheetos crunchy strings. Yep. <laughs> My flats stay nice and nice and clean. They pl- they get better the more you play them. Actually, that's so right. That's right. Leave them on oh, for twenty years. Right. Yeah. My yeah, if I'm I play round rounds for more than ten <laughs> minutes, they start looking like dreads. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a feature. That's not a bug. Uh, <laughs> all right, booster fuzz. Fuzz, man, fuzz. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I kind of, I kind of with you. All right, I'm just going to ask you a couple, a real, just a couple sort of divisive gear things from to, to a man who's seen it all. Uh, <laughs> stickers on on guitars. I mean, I'm 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 pro authentic stickers. If you're sitting in your basement, cutting holes in your jeans. And putting stickers mm-hmm. on your guitars, shame on you. Shame, shame. on you. Well, shame that, that you. leads me to my my next question: relics. Ooh, I'm a I'm a poo poo on a relic. I say no. Yeah, I think I think you got to earn it. Yeah, fair. I mean, you're you also have the luxury of being around all these beautiful old guitars, but I guess anybody does if you really want to. You can anybody can get an old one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I I haven't had any trouble accidentally relicking everything I've owned, so. <laughs> Excellent. Uh tubes in pedals. Bullshit. 
I'm I'm happy to hear that. I I don't get it. I don't I don't under, well other than the fact that you can't really run them at the proper voltage anyway. It's just like mm. why would you why would you want to kick? Because why would you want to have glass down there? Because it because it lights up, man. It looks sweet. Yeah, it throw looks, some LEDs looks on to, that. Board. Yeah, man. I, totally. I mean, LEDs on pedals are also semi stupid. Usually, I mean, an on-off uh, indicator, but like some of those things look like a like you know like a spaceship console. <laughs> Oh, especially when they use like a, a white or a blue LED and it oh, blinds yeah. me. I have to, I've, I've, I've changed LEDs and pedals before that were too bright. Uh, here's one MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I know where this one might be going. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a classic technology. <laughs> <laughs> it pre, I believe it pre, I know it predates me. I'm not sure exactly when in the 80s it was made, but I know it was some point in there. Maybe uh, the late 70s now. Late I late have 70s, not maybe. found MIDI to be terribly relevant in my life. Unless yeah. I'm using, you know, some like, uh, you know, antique keyboard to control another antique keyboard. If I want to like, you know, use my Studio Electronics Mini Moog, I'll use like the, you know, the MIDI on some keyboard. Oh, is that the SE01? Yeah, yeah, the SE1. Dude, those things are fucking awesome. Or actually, I've got a, I've got an old um, a Prophet 600, which I think those yeah, might have cool. been the first like badass synth with MIDI on it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use. Unfortunately, you can't control pitch bend or the mod wheel by MIDI, oh, which, just the, which is yeah. infuriating. And that's also something they didn't address when they did. You know the the Gleegly mods on those. No. Oh, they put in a, a, they put in a bunch of honky doodle stuff so that nothing does the thing it's supposed to do anymore um okay that sounds fun yeah super fun expensive too um (laughs) what no midi no i don't i don't i don't have any uh i don't have any use for midi no fuck it dude wow i i'm just i've been grinning this entire conversation uh this is this is this is my my happy place so man thank you so much for joining us and just catching up and hanging out and uh rapping and, and feeling i honestly <clears throat> we'll see i might leave a couple of them in uh just know that if you're listening this far into the episode I, henry has told us about cool pieces of gear that i have specifically cut out of this show <laughs> so that i can yeah, go buy them fair just enough. know that i might leave some <laughs> just beep it not out. leaving all of them <laughs> henry thank you so much for being with us man this has been super fucking fun if uh you know folks want to when the world uh, stops shitting on itself get in contact with you to uh, do some work over at your beautiful studio, Sleepers Mountain. How would you uh, tell them to get in touch with you? Hit me up, sleepersmountain at gmail.com. That's a great way to do it. And I, what about uh, the, the reverb page? What is that? Uh, how, do, how do they find that? The Bonfires Vintage, or just look for something cool. It's probably mine. That's probably yeah, if you get if you get an email or uh, see an Instagram post with like some fucking really cool seventies something. Yep. It, yeah. Probably really good probably coming from Bonfires Vintage. <laughs> uh, and and it's it's gotten to the point that I actually I feel like I can actually recognize you have a, a distinctive gear photo style now that yes. of course others have have aped. But I I usually can tell I'm like mm, that's a Henry Brown original right there. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to click it. I'm touched. Well, I wish I could touch you in person and give you a hug because I miss you, man. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been super fucking fun. Uh, Dave, thanks for, for hanging out too, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, my pleasure. I'll see you in Chicago, brother. Yes, you will uh, right. if I don't get out to Portland again first. So, hey, you made it this far. Thanks for listening and uh, go make some music. <laughs>